hard as ever, I can tell you that. <laughs> Putting our hands on passes and balls. and Receivers, uh, they couldn't catch a cold if it was the middle of February. Well, I don't get a day break, they ain't cold. Ain't no good! He missed, he missed it. it! He missed it! Drop it on my feet next time. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 94 of the Soda City Sit-Down. It is bye week this week, so we are doing things a little beat bit different. Beat bye week. We are beat bye week, beat bye week. Uh, it might be uh, the last remaining win on our schedule, um, but uh, but I can't say that because I'm actually supposed to be on the Sunshine Pumper side tonight. We are going to do a debate. We are doing uh, Sunshine Pumpers versus the Debbie Downers. We are going to be um, uh, doing... You mean Team Intelligence. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. So, um, so we've got uh, we've got myself and Matt on the Sunshine Pumper side, or at least the optimistic side, and we've got Devin and Clayton on that Debbie Downer pessimistic, you know, sky is falling side. And then we've got Josh. If you are a longtime listener, Josh is our very first guest ever on the Ooh, show. Hello. He is he is uh, so, uh, the hello. And he's back. He is back tonight. The third time. Ah, is it the only three-time guest? I'm kind of cool. Thank the you for only three-time guest? Obviously. I think you're the only two-time uh, guest. No, three times. We did a podcast with me, Austin, and, and, uh, and Josh. I think I... Oh, the, yeah, the, that was in NFL season last yeah. year, right? Mm-hmm. I do remember yeah. that. Okay. I was about to say, I could not remember the second time. But he's also the only two-time guest, is what I was saying. I don't think we've had <laughs> only on the second time. guest to reappear on the podcast. Besides me. Yes. Right. Yeah, but you are a, you're a main host now. That doesn't count. But I was a guest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, we're, uh, we're, we're going to dive right into it here in a second. Just want to do our normal uh, housekeeping stuff. We've got the, uh, you know, of course, we are on um, Anchor. I almost, it for, almost forgot for a second. <laughs> we're on Anchor, so that puts us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you want to listen to your your podcast on. Uh, whatever you do that on, please like us, subscribe to us, leave us a review as long as it's positive. Uh, tell all your friends about us, retweet our uh, episode links and all that so the work gets out there. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Uh, I'm glad we're not doing this live uh, because I'm sure a lot of the fan base is very happy that it's by week, the week the Braves are in the World Series, so they don't have to worry about Devin and I would have all team. the fan support, 100%. <laughs> I, I think we sure, already do. Sure. Also, leave Let's your see. negative reviews too. I want to see him because <laughs> he's on Debbie Downer team tonight, so he's very <laughs> pessimistic. Covers the worst <laughs> team in the nation. One yeah. star. <laughs> yes. So, Josh, do you want to take it away, Mr. Moderator? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to be uh, y'all's moderator today. Uh, I am actually kind of in the middle of the uh, Sunshine Pumper and Debbie Downer, so it's it's kind of perfect. Um. But let's just jump right into it. We're going to have an opening statement from Team Sunshine Pumper. So, Tyler and Matt, take it away and give us uh, your thoughts on the season so far. Well, I guess in this introductory statement, we kind of want to encompass a few things. Uh, what we've seen so far this season um, and in the, the Beamer era to this point uh, kind of where we see the rest of the season going, and then kind of just the projection for the future. Um, those are kind of that's kind of our three pronged approach here. Uh, Tyler, do you want to start with just what we've seen this season and and why we are optimistic in some ways from from what we've seen? Well, yeah, I mean to start it out, we are four and four, and that is a five hundred record. If you look at it, 
you know, with a, a, a broad approach, it doesn't seem that great. But when you look at what we've done in the last three to four seasons, this is a good start. This is a very good start. I mean, we only won two football games last year. We won four now. We've doubled that win total. How can you be upset? We have had two more successful weekends than we had all of last season. All of last season. And, and we hit the over on the Vegas. I mean, people are winning money out here. We are winning money. We are cashing checks. We are having the time of our lives turning this football program around. Four and four. Yeah, and, and to go along with that, I mean, a lot of close games. But despite that, it, it was nice to see us pull out those close wins. Um, they don't want to be pictures. in the situations we were in and in the ECU and the Vandy games, but it was nice to have a young team fight through that adversity. The culture of this team has been a very big positive that we've seen. And I don't know if, if a lot of the teams of the past are able, they could easily be two and six without that, that extra culture additive. Um, kind of what I've, what I've seen and what, what we could see moving forward. Um, people will point to the offense as a negative and it, that's fair. It, it hasn't been, the offense hasn't been what we expected, but going into the season, especially the way last season ended, how can you not say positive things about the defense? I mean, a secondary that we all know is is not supremely talented. Lost four guys off the team last year, two to transfers and uh, two to the portal. And even with and the, young, the young guys we have, I mean, a pretty impressive overall standing. Like, they, they've held their ground. They've gotten beat a few times here and there, but... Overall, Tyler, what do you think about the defense and what uh, Clayton White has done? Because personally, I think that's been a fantastic hire. I couldn't be happier with the Clayton White hire. I think it might be hands down the best hire that that Beamer has made so far at South Carolina. I think that you know he definitely has some some personnel woes. We definitely don't have you know the same kind of talent that you're going to have at other schools across the country. But I'll tell you what, the scheme keeps everybody in into formation and, and guys are there and it allows the guys to make plays based off of their abilities. We've got a guy on our team right now that is leading the country in interceptions at South Carolina. This is a secondary that's supposed to have no talent and our guy is leading the nation, the entire country, all of college football with five interceptions on the season. That is fantastic. He had two against Georgia, the best team in the country. I'm going to say that again. He had two interceptions against the best team in in the country, that is Clayton well, White putting these guys in position to have success. And and another just shout out here as well that's been really positive this year is our special teams and Pete Lembo, kind of in the same vein as the defense. Uh, as for the rest of the season, you know we're four and four. We've had some close losses. We've we've had a couple games get away from us. But I think you look at the four remaining games against Florida, Missouri, Auburn, and Clemson. And it looks a lot better than we thought going into the season. Florida likely to lose against Georgia and will come in with the same record as us and a night game in Williams-Brice. You've got Missouri, whose defense is as bad as South Carolina's offense has been, to, to say it lightly. Uh, then you've got an Auburn team coming to Williams-Brice after and with just such added motivation from last year uh, with the Bobo situation and everything. That's going to be a fun one. And then Clemson, who is just limped in I mean you want to talk about bad offense with us they've been just as bad and all four of those games are winnable games now it's going to take a step from us certainly and it, it maybe we I wouldn't say we're favored to win 
uh, too many of those games, but we've got some favorable situations. Three out of the four at home. None of those teams are are dynamic offenses. So it could be something that we see if, if the offense can take a step forward. We have our sights on a bowl game. Absolutely. And Locked just, in. Just especially the last the way the last few years have gone to, to see us compete in a couple of those games, especially the Clemson game. Uh, it'll be exciting. Um, last last thing before we end our introductory statements, I, I think just the biggest thing, as we mentioned, is some of the coordinator hires, some of the position hires. I mean, we're, we're really happy with, like, uh, you could name a bunch of them. Coach Stepp um, at the wide receivers, um, at defensive backs. Torian Gray has been a good hire. And I know that the Debbie Downer side will point to the offensive coordinator hire, and I think we're, we're there with it. You can't make every hire perfect, but I think he's done a good job. Um, I think Coach Beamer, I, I like his aggressive mindset. Um, it's it's had its ups and downs this season, but a lot of that has to do with execution of the plays. I think it's been well coached. Um, and yeah, Tyler, if you have anything else for the future of the program, I I like the 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 way this program is trending. Oh, absolutely. I'm just going to agree with you there. I'm going to let our, our counterparts get into what they want to say, but I will just say I, I absolutely agree, and I, I think we are seeing ourselves get onto the upslope on some positive trajectory for the program's future. Oof, that was nice. I'm uh, ready to run through a brick wall for you. Top that. Uh, <laughs> but I'll, uh, I'll hand it off to the uh, Debbie Downers and uh, let them give their views on the season. Clayton and Devin, go ahead and take it away. where do i start with how the season's been so far (laughs) barely scraping a win against ecu a one-point win against vanderbilt when we had to have a game-winning drive with a minute 30 left in the game that is unacceptable for a south carolina program like we these are teams that we should be better than no matter what I don't care if it's a rebuilding. I don't care what's going on. These are teams that should be nowhere near the level of South Carolina. We are an SEC school, and we are here to win football games with the resources that we have available to us. Like, these teams should not be anywhere close to us. And just with the offensive ineptitude that is going on with this team, it just makes the games hard to watch. The Sure, you can say the defense has done well, but really, have they? I, I mean, we're just kind of letting teams score on us, and then we kind of look better when they put their backups in or stop trying. I, I mean, when we're giving up like basically 35 points in the first half, it doesn't really matter how well your defense does in the second half. So... I would just say that, you know, there are some positives that you could look at, but especially in the most recent weeks, it's just been awful performances from the whole team. Yeah, you know, I think it's fair to say Clayton White has been a good hire, and I would agree with that. I mean, from what we had under T-Rob and Muschamp, you know, our defensive specialist coaches, Clayton White is a breath of fresh air. I will grant you that. But against any offense with a pulse that we have played this year, we're giving up more than 40 points. It's kind of, it's really sad. I mean, Tennessee had no business scoring as much as they did on us. I mean, Georgia, well, we saw that one coming. A&M, I mean, how many did they score on Colorado? Was it 10? 
17, I think. 17? I don't know. The defense has not been pretty. It's been okay from what we thought it was going to be, but it hasn't been pretty. Now, as for the state of the program, for me, I mean, Shane Beamer has done nothing to prove outside of culture, which is just such an easy cop-out answer to me, to prove that he is a good head coach or he's ready to be a head coach, especially at the SEC level. Matt pointed out that he likes the aggressive mindset and that it's had its ups and downs. I can't think of a single up besides that fake uh, punt where we scored a touchdown. That's the only time I can remember it working. Everything else has been disastrous. Disastrous. I don't like his aggressive mindset at all. And execution is another cop-out answer. Well, who's responsible for the players executing? The players, but how do they get better at it? Coaching. And coaching has been abysmal on all aspects of the ball, except maybe defense. You say special teams has been amazing? They didn't look that amazing against A&M. I'll say Lumbo's been good for us, but let's not pretend special teams is pretty either, because it hasn't been. I would, accredit, I would accredit our special teams prowess more to Juju McDowell than anyone. But that's just me. Now, getting in to Satterfield. I think everyone here, Sunshine Pumper or Debbie Downer, can agree that he is not a Power 5 offensive coordinator, let alone maybe a college offensive coordinator. He's been called the worst sitting offensive coordinator in college football by multiple Carolina media members. He has done he finds things that works and then never goes back to them and he has no feel for how to call plays. I think if Beamer doesn't make the hard decisions and yes, we haven't given him the chance yet, the season's not over. But if he doesn't make the hard decisions at the end of the year for the coaching turnover, there is no future of the program. Beamer will be out the door here in a few years. And that's going to come, you know, that's going to be a big part of his tenure here, his future here, is making coaching changes. And I've yet to see anything from him that makes me think he can make those decisions and make them right. And I love the guy. Let me start with, or finish with that. I love the guy. And it hurts me to see him making these mistakes. I mean, looking forward for the rest of the season, I mean, you can say that there's four winnable games. In my mind, there's one winnable game, and that's Missouri. No way in my mind we score more than 14 points in any of the other three games. Like, they... Uh, Doty is out for the year. Zeb is out for a few weeks. And, and even with Zeb, it's not that good. So we're with Jason Brown or Gothier. And... Do you have any confidence in either of those guys? Because I definitely don't. And I just don't see how the offense is going to do anything going forward with the players that we have on offense and the coaches we have on offense. They're just, they don't know what they're doing. And with the talent that they have, it's just impossible. And you know, Clayton, I would argue, and this may be a hot take, but if you really think about it, I would argue we have more offensive talent than defensive talent. You, You can point to the front, the front four. Yeah, they're pretty good. But outside of that, our offensive talent outshines our defensive talent. And the fact that our offense can't produce at all is flat-out embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, the offense is just straight-up embarrassing. 15 yards of offense going into the fourth quarter is... It's such a level of, like, terribleness that I I don't know how to express it. Like, it's just embarrassing. Like, we were getting, like, memed on by, like, the Reddit college football people because we had literally less yards than they had first downs and and points. You know, it, it's just, it was so bad. 
And I don't really see anything getting better. I just don't see how they're going to make the necessary changes because every time that they've done anything good, they immediately go away from it. It just makes no sense to me. So in my mind, it's like we're maybe looking at a five-win season and, you know, that's okay, I guess. But will Shane Beamer be able to fire his buddy in Satterfield? I don't know. He should. I think everybody can agree with that. But will he actually do it? Because that's things that have hold, held South Carolina back in the past. Like Muschamp couldn't fire some of the offensive coordinators that he had when, when he certainly needed to. So it, it's definitely hard to fire people. And it's just a pitfall that we might fall into. So... Uh, I mean, Shane Beamer is just, there's some things that I like about him and there's other things that just don't make any sense to me. He just doesn't really seem like he is head coach material right now because he has never had any of this offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator positions or head coach. And and it definitely shows like we are having what, it seems like 10 penalties a game. It's just the players don't look ready. They don't make the right, uh, they just come out flat footed and give up you know, like 30 points in the first half. And then it's like, well, it doesn't really matter what happens after that. You're just in such a big hole that you're you're not going to come back from there. It's just, he's still young and he's got time to fix it. But the early signs of, of him being just this great coach that's going to come in right away and like make this huge impact are not there for me. Absolutely. As for the midseason where we are, you know, I don't. I don't think there's any chance for us to win more than one game. We predict predicted five and seven, I believe, as a podcast. Matt, you can fact check that for me. It was six and six. Six and six. Okay, I predicted five and seven. I think Clayton also predicted five and seven. Um, but I think there's a better chance than not that we don't win another game this year. I mean, you can point to Clemson having a bad offense too, sure, but yeah, their defense is still elite. Like. It's going to be a problem, and I mean, I think there's certain teams we play this year where we could not score at all. I mean, A&M, we lucked out. They put in their second and third stringers, right? Kind of the same with Georgia, and I don't know, man. It's It hurts to even talk about. It's so fucking fr- <clears throat> It's so frustrating to talk about, and uh, I I don't know. I'm, I'm sick of it, and I really hope Beamer can learn and grow as a head coach, but so far, we just haven't seen any improvement from throughout the year. Like, teams are supposed to get better as the season goes on. I feel like every game we're in our first game of the season, and it just sucks to watch. Well said, well said by uh by y'all. Made some good points there. Um, one thing more specific I might want to get into, and I'll I'll, I'll throw it back to the sun, sunshine bumpers, is kind of how the Doty injury is gonna affect us. We saw in the A and M game. As y'all said, like 15 yards going into the fourth quarter. That's a uh, that's an all-timer bad performance. What are some things maybe y'all are going to look forward to in the remaining games to uh, give this offense a little bit of a spark or stuff along those lines? I'm excited to see Jason Brown. I don't know about you, Tyler, but if there was anything to take away from the A&M game and you'd have to be a hell of a sunshine pumper to find a lot of good things from, from that game. I'll, I'll admit it to the other side. But uh, but Jason Brown, I think what we're going to get with him is a guy that's a gunslinger. It's not going to be pretty all the time, but I think he's going to do a lot more than Zeb in a way that 
you kind of knew what you were getting with Zeb, especially when teams bring pressure. The guy is is a lot like Colin Hill in just the way that if we're not able to block, like he might be a decent passer, but if, if we can't protect him a little bit, is, there's just no hope of, of moving the ball uh, through the air or through the ground. We come, become very one-dimensional. Now, when you're talking about a guy like Jason Brown, who is not going to be afraid to trust his arm, to hit some of these guys that we've talked about. Like, Devin, you mentioned talent on the offensive end. I'm completely in agreement with you. I think that one thing we saw from the end of last season that we didn't expect going into this year is that we'd have some receiving threats. We'd have those tight ends kind of step up in different places. Josh Van to have a really good season, especially the beginning part of the season. We've got some guys that we can throw the ball to. The offensive line hasn't blocked at all. But having a guy that can move around a little bit in the pocket, we haven't had this whole season. Even Doty, who that's kind of what he is supposed to be, at no point was he really able to move around a lot. If we're able to get Brown going, he seems kind of like a, a spark plug. So if, he, if he's hot, we could have something there that we haven't really seen a lot of. I mean, just last game, we saw him throw a couple interceptions, but we also saw him move the ball down the field when the rest of the team had yet to get more than 10 yards for the first three quarters. I mean, little stuff like that is exciting. Outside of that, I think it's just simplifying. It's 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 the bye week, right? This is the first week we've had to really take in what we've done offensively this year and say, all right, these are the things that we have to change. We have an extra full week to get those things hammered out. I think if there's any hope of this offense making a change, it's going to be early. We're going to see it early in the Florida game. I think if we come out against Florida and we struggle to do anything offensively, we're going to have probably the worst offense in the college football. And it's that's I want to be sunshine pumping about that, but if we continue the way we have, it's going to be tough. But like we said, we know there's talent. Having a young coaching staff be have time to settle, simplify things, and go back to the drawing board, maybe make a couple personnel changes, Jason Brown being one of those, I think gives us a chance to, to move up. We're not going to be some lights-out offense this year, but it, it, it's something to look at. The problem with Jason Brown being a gunslinger quarterback is that our is he's going to have those turnovers and our team is not made built to win when we're losing the turnover battle. And we we've proven that we can force some turnovers, but really in all of our games that we've won, we won in a large part because of winning the turnover margin. And so if we're just adding this uh, this other level of someone who's liable to throw multiple interceptions in a game, I don't think that's good for us. I think it's better than what we've seen so far. I'd rather have that than a guy that's not going to be able. We we threw Zeb threw twelve passes last game, mostly because we either ran the ball or he had no time to make a throw and he just got sacked or something Blown along up. those lines. <laughs> so I, I would like to see a guy that can make some plays. I don't care if he has three interceptions if if we're scoring thirty points on offense. That's that's something I'm willing to take. It's much better than not throwing a pick and literally getting twenty yards. It's just one mm-hmm. of those things with a, a team that struggled offensively that, like we have. Just It's something that you look at as like, this could be in our favor. There's a, also a chance, like you said, it could be a disastrous. So I, that's fair. Nice, nice, nice. And one thing to <clears throat> to mention is we all went to the uh, the spring game in the spring, and we saw Jason Brown play in that spring game, and it's it's a spring game, I know. Uh, but we all thought he we went, wow, he looks really good. So uh, excellent point there, Matt. Uh, I'll be looking. Yeah, and, and to piggyback off of this, Mr. Moderator, uh, 
one of the biggest things I think we've all said on this podcast, the fan base has been saying is, we got to get the ball to EJ Jenkins more. And what happened in that ah, spring yes. game? He threw two touchdowns. The only person he knew how to throw to was EJ Jenkins. But you know what? Jenkins has been one of the best, the best receivers or not i mean see I that would require in. satterfield to notice something good and then keep calling it so that's where i'm going to say that you're it's right but if you call a play <laughs> that you know has jenkins on the field maybe he's just going to keep looking that way and you said oh well he had a mismatch i think jenkins is going to be a mismatch for a lot of teams the rest of the way that dude is a giant well so yes but we can I mean, but he's gotten like, like five snaps a, a game third string walk on like that's well, what you know what i mean it's it's going to be what it is we, we got to take what we can get and if uh, if if Jenkins throwing the ball to Jenkins is the best option, then we're gonna do it. And I mean, you can Debbie down. I, but I don't, that's where we don't because literally he's he goes he's on the field for five snaps a game. Like the personnel decision on who we put out on offense is just horrendous. The, the our biggest players, you can just look at the running back room on when we put in our running backs. It makes no sense. Like uh, Juju will be hot, and then we'll take him out, and then we'll put Kevin Harrison, run him up the middle for one yard, and then now more recently, I guess Kevin Harris has been a little bit healthier, and we just only put him out here. Uh, like, and then we just took away Zaquandre White from the game for like four Who's weeks when he was doing. I uh, like it, the personnel decisions make no sense, and we kept Joiner in way longer than he deserved to be playing wide receiver when we could have been playing the guys like Jaheim Bell or EJ Jenkins. Like, Satterfield just has no, is way in over his head and just doesn't know what to do. Yeah, so going, going to the quarterback thing, I want to speak my piece here. You know, I don't think it really matters who's playing quarterback. Jason Brown, Luke Doty, Zeb Nolan, there's a reason they've all have not looked great this year, and it's not just because of their talent. It's because of the offense as a whole. It's because of the O-line they can't block. It's because our offensive coordinator can't call plays. And it's because the scheme's just really, really bad. I mean, Doty, he's a good quarterback. And I think we know if he wasn't injured, some of those plays would have gone a different way, different ways. But even so, like, there's a reason we haven't had success with any quarterback we've had. And it do- I don't think playing a guy who's inexperienced in the SEC is going to change anything. Yeah, he looked decent against A&M in garbage time against backups. That's fine. He looked decent in the spring game against our third strings. That's fine. But the one time he played against the team starters, he came out, got hit, and fumbled the ball. And I know that's one play. It's one play. It's not, you know, the end-all be-all. But I genuinely don't think he's going to make that much of a difference. The only props that I can say to him that would give him an edge over anyone else is that he was able to keep some plays alive with his legs and that was refreshing to see but overall I don't think it matters how good Jason Brown is unless he's a Deshaun Watson type or a Cam Newton type the offense is still going to be stagnant unless Satterfield I don't, can make I don't think it mattered against Georgia and Texas A&M because you could argue those are two of the best five. Georgia's number one in defense, and A&M's probably a top five defense. Clemson's got a good defense. I'll give them that. I don't know that Florida, Missouri, or Auburn look scary, particularly Missouri. I mean, their defense is awful. So in that regard, what do you think? I mean, well, I don't I think mean, we were going to learn much with A&M. Well, what about our offense against teams like Troy or ECU? Or we, Vanderbilt. Those are teams we should have put points up, and the O line was better then. And just I they, think you just look blitz, at Vanderbilt right away. We scored, guy and yeah, in Vander, Vanderbilt we scored the first two drives, and for fifty minutes 
We did nothing. And the only reason we scored on the last drive is because for some reason they were playing basically prevent defense and rushing nobody when all game they had success blitzing and sending more guys. I, That's like two weeks ago where we just disappeared on offense for 50 minutes because our offensive line doesn't know how to block a blitz. Like, if you're a defensive coordinator, you want to play Marcus Satterfield every week because all you have to do is blitz. And it's uh, not even blitz, just in five. Like, speaking for this side, uh, we will not defend Marcus Satterfield in any way. No, and we don't expect you to. We consider that a moot point at this point. Uh, I will just, I will just lean on the fact that I think we do have talent, we do have players, and hopefully, if if people want to keep their jobs, they'll take the next week or so to figure some things out on the offense because we know we've got guys. We've been saying it all year. It's become a little more hopeless as time's gone along. Because through the first three games, you could lean on, you know, just fix up the O-line, just fix up this little thing, and we'll get better. At this point, the bye week comes at a good time. We've we've got a, a huge fight because we could take the two of the next four games, and the season would be a huge success, even though we're sitting right now in a, in a weird spot. I'll say this. I think right now our offensive line and our run game particularly is making Mike Bobo look like a million-dollar coordinator because this is essentially the same O-line we had last year minus hutch yeah i i I think that i mean it's kind of a a, this is a poor debate uh, tactic right here but yeah i think the offensive line does have talent and can do it it's just that the coaching for them is just and the scheme for them just does not work i'm not gonna lie clayton throughout the year and we've blamed the coaches i haven't seen the talent from the o-line that everyone keeps talking about at all I mean, they they did well last year, so like you you can't that say that the they can't or is do Bobo it. Bobo a genius? Serious I question. I think it's more. Both. I know. I I seriously think that the offensive line has talent, but the way that they are used does not work to. Their, I don't think their Bobo's skills. a good enough offensive coordinator to make an absolute dog shit talent O line give a guy a thousand yards. I think he's a good OC. That worked, and I think Satterfield's a bad OC, and it doesn't work under him. But I do think there is talent there. Maybe not as much as we thought there was last year. But that was supposed to be one of the biggest strengths of the team this year, if y'all recall. But I feel like we said that every year. So that's just a South Carolina thing. This has nothing to do with any coaches, anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Anyways, uh, we'll move forward a little bit um, into one of our last debate points. Kind of rounding up what we can do, a number grade or a letter grade or kind of a feeling. But how are y'all feeling at this point in the season about the uh, the Beamer era as as a whole? Because um, going into the season, I feel like we were all just on cloud nine. Kind of t- keep telling ourselves, hey, keep it realistic. But internally, we're like, yes, this guy's awesome. Um, and now we're four and four, but it's... It's a bit of a weird four and four, and uh, so so kind of how are we feeling, and what what overall grades would you give for the uh, the Beamer era so far? We can we can I'll start this one. Um, you know, if we're four and four. We could easily be zero and eight, or one and seven. Sorry, we haven't <laughs> okay. had one convincing <laughs> win over an FBS team this year, and that includes the likes of Troy, ECU, and Vandy. This team could easily be 1-7. I don't think anyone would disagree. 
And there's times where this team probably shouldn't have four wins. Dandy, we definitely shouldn't have won that game. We didn't deserve to. Troy, I, I, no one deserved to win that game. ECU, we really didn't deserve to win. So, I, I mean, I don't... I, I want to believe in Beamer. Like, I love Beamer as a coach. And Matt, and I know I said it's a cop-out, but the culture change is visual. Like, we can see it from the players. We hear it from the media. The culture change is here, and it's real. But... Culture is the one thing Muschamp didn't do very well, aside from being, you know, a game day coach. But Beamer's missing all the things that a head coach needs to have right now. And I'm not saying he can't learn them. And I'm not saying he doesn't, he won't show them in the future. But right now, he doesn't have them. I think he makes bad, bad play choices, or not play choices, but game choices when the game's on the line, such as going for it on times where he should really should have just taken the points. I think he doesn't get involved enough in the offense maybe I don't know what goes into that but I want to I want him more involved in the offense and then I think our three offensive coaches the big ones wide receivers or sorry running backs coach OC and and um no sorry running backs coach OC and O-line coach I think they're all god-awful I think they need to go I mean it, it might be impulsive to fire a coach out of after one year, but Steve Spurrier did it. And Spurrier's time at South Carolina, he went through a lot of coaches. And it's something people don't really talk about a lot. And I think it's the reason he was successful here, besides he alone being a god-tier offensive coordinator or play caller. And I think Beamer has to make those changes at the end of this season. Otherwise, we're going to have another long year next year. And if he doesn't make those calls, or those calls to replace coaches, like that's gonna be the foundation of whether his coaching era here is a failure or success. So yeah, I'll so counter with that you gave. Oh, go ahead. Did did you say letter grade? And I just missed it. I did not say letter grade. Go ahead. Oh, I was asking what your letter grade is. Oh. Uh, for the for the current state of the program, D minus. Yeah, for the Beamer era, like as a whole, um, because if you pick the A and M game, it's like an F. But just as a whole, how are you feeling on the season so far? Season so far, D minus. The only bright spot has been that our defense is good at creating turnovers, but and JJ Nigbar is the highest rated, uh, pass rusher in the country, and Foster leads with interceptions. All that, and our defense is still giving up forty points plus to an offense with the pulse. So D D minus, and then offense is a flat F minus. There's nothing redeeming about the offense. Zero. <clears throat> so for me, it's uh, my expectations for Beamer coming in were that uh, I was a little uh, colder on Beamer than a lot of people coming in, and he he definitely warmed. Uh, I warmed up to him as time went on, and I started trying to buy in, but I I still think. There's a lot of inexperience as a head coach that is being shown from him in this first year. And I don't want to grade him too harshly on that because that was kind of expected from me. But just his his staffing decisions uh, on defense, I think we're good. Offense, I think they're terrible. I think that his aggressiveness, I, I have liked. It's I liked it more than Muschamp. You know, and when you're aggressive, sometimes you're just going to get burned. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, there's been a lot more of us getting burned than us burning other people, but that's the name of the game. And uh, I don't know. It, we have gotten two win, two more wins than we probably should have, which I, I will give credit to him for. 
you know, in, in under Muschamp, those two two games against Vanderbilt and, and ECU, they're they're probably losses. So I, I do give him credit for building that culture to stay in the game and not give up and and always be fighting to 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 win. And so for for that reason, I I'll give him a D plus. But uh, you know, there's still a lot that a lot to go for for Shane Beamer as a head coach, and, and he needs to put the right people around him to be successful. Well said. Well said. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, yeah. Fair points. Uh, let's let let's let's think about this, right? So y'all are give, y'all are both giving the Beamer era to this point in the D range. I don't think anybody would have said leading up to kickoff versus EIU that the Beamer era was anything short of an A+. I mean, everything had been great. Recruiting was awesome. The culture around the program, getting everyone excited. Matthew don't Drake get me wrong. Kool-Aid. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> the season as it stands hasn't been fantastic. I would give it a C for the on-field performance for what we've seen. But if you're, t- if you're talking on-field plus what we've seen off the field and recruiting and just getting everything going, I think you, you have to think about it being like a, a B minus, maybe even a B, with the chance if you end up going 5-7 and seven or 6-6, six and six, which if we talked about in the preseason is exactly where we thought this team would be. I mean, how could you grade that so harshly? I mean, I know there's times that that it's been frustrating because i think we're gonna go four and eight (laughs) if we go four and eight i still think that that's not what anyone outside of us would have expected is that is that fair to say i mean i think there's a reason our season total is at four wins may i ask that with the season total at four wins does the manner in which you win those games not matter to you no it does to an extent and also how do you place more weight on the preseason expectations Versus the actual season, that doesn't make much sense to me. Because when the preseason expectations match up, that matters. You so you don't think it's important that we establish a good first year recruiting class, which to this point we've done a pretty good job. Um, We've our coaching hires outside of a couple that we've clearly not been happy about have been pretty solid. We like a lot of our position coaches. We like our defensive coordinator. We like our a lot of the other hires outside of Satterfield. I think all of that matters. And I think when it comes to recruiting, which is a big part of the name of the game, that doing all those things outside of just playing on the field at times, recruits care about more than just what a score is, right? I think Beamer's done a fantastic job of, of getting everything in line with that. I I'd, I'd give overall as a, as a B minus, personally. Uh, Tyler, I, mean, I don't know what yours is. We haven't really I seen was... the results in recruiting trail either, like, to be yeah, honest. recruiting class is still average right now. Yeah, like, we have we had better recruiting classes under Muschamp, so. All right, so I, I, I'm going to shut this, I'm going to shut all of y'all down here on this one, except for Matt, of course. Uh, I'm going to go with a B- minus as well, uh, because like Matt said, every single thing that he did from mid-December when he got hired up until the first week of September was like it was like a Christmas story when she's up there writing A plus 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 across the board the offseason could not have gone better for South Carolina I mean we won SEC media days all of it so like Matt said that has to be factored into it also we came on to this podcast and predicted to be somewhere between four and eight and six and six 
in the, on this season. David Cloninger from the Boston Courier. That is Courier. just false. The lowest any of us predicted was five and seven, and the highest was Austin at eight and four. So okay. Austin doesn't count. Austin doesn't count. <laughs> I will agree that Austin doesn't count. Texas right now. I okay. will agree that Austin doesn't count, but still also seven like and five. To move the motion that Tyler also doesn't count. Wrong. David Cloninger came on to this podcast and said that a six and six season should get Beamer talks about coach of the year. Okay, think about that. Think about an average middle of the line season. This guy who's followed this team been a beat writer knows more about this team than any of us probably combined. Says that if this coach took this team six and six, it would be coach of the year in the SEC. That means that he's a better coach on the season than Nick Saban, probably the greatest coach of all time. Jimbo Fisher, who just beat one of the greatest coaches of all time. I mean, Dan Mullen, you can argue whatever. And the I mean, Kirby coach. Smart. What? And Shane Beamer, too. Well, Beat the hell out of us. Yeah. Outcoached some ran laps <laughs> anyway, around Shane Beamer. <laughs> anyway, still, he said that taking this team 6-6 six and six, high performance would be worthy of Coach of the Year. We're two games off of that. That's still very possible. That is still very possible, the schedule that lies ahead. All right? I mean, it, it, some of these games have not gone as they, as they wanted to go, but I, I fully believe that Will Muschamp probably finds a way to lose East Carolina, Troy, and Vanderbilt. The dude just did not have a way to win games. This is a program that won six games in the last two years combined. That is horrible. That is horrible. In the last 22 games, we won six of them. And so the fact that this team has won four and won three of those games close, granted you can say what you want about the opposition in those games, but we've still won three of those games tight, overcome the obstacles, and won those games. That is a program learning how to win. It's baby steps. You learn how to beat these teams, and you learn how to beat these teams, and you learn how to beat the next set level of teams. So, I mean, we are we're taking baby steps. We're getting there. Are we having an average recruiting class? Maybe. But right now, we need to have an average recruiting class because we're going through program changes. Having a top 25 class, which I believe we have, right? We're like number 22 or something like that? Yeah, for now, we had we're to relearn 22. how to beat Vanderbilt when we have, have it, lost there, them There's a like lot of things that go years, on. It's, it's weird. It's weird. Spurrier lost to Vanderbilt let, twice. Let, let, let's let's not forget finish. that. We also, also, you want to talk about recruiting? Do you realize that we're recording on Tuesday, Monday, yesterday for us, October 25th. That was the first time that Shane Beamer was able to go off campus and recruit. Do you realize how crazy that is? You realize how crazy? He's not only taking over a team in, like, in, in turmoil, but he's doing so at a completely unprecedented time. And so that's just crazy. It, it, the circumstances that he has to coach underneath are crazy. And the fact that he's done so well in most of the factors up until then, the fact that he's been able to make three quarters of his hires be very good hires. I mean, how are we complaining about this? And the crazy thing is, I mean, we, we literally projected that this season to go about how it has gone. And it might have been a little bit uglier and stuff in certain circumstances, but the end result, we have been where we want to be. And we're going to sit there and say that he's a D-F coach. I mean, to say what you will about Satterfield, I completely agree. But Shane Beamer himself, I don't see where... I also don't see... You're talking about how I don't see how... I don't see this from him where he can fire a coach. He hasn't had the chance to yet. Sure I mean, has. sure, we'd love to, we'd love sure to see him... Can. We would love Auburn to see him it. fire Satterfield on the tarmac Missouri on did. Saturday night. But at the same time, it's, it's still largely unprecedented to fire, especially a coordinator, midway through the season. Of your first season of being a head exactly, 
Exactly. It's it's uh, largely unprecedented. Let's let this guy get through twelve games. If we go four and eight, we go four and eight. A lot of the fan base, or most of the national pundits, expected that to be the case. And so let this guy get through SEC and get what he needs to do. Bad as it is. The, oh well, I mean, it's still been good in a large part. I mean, can sure. I, can I uh, can I rebuttal one thing that's irritating me? What's that? Everyone keeps talking about in the last two seasons we won six games. Now, in those two seasons, one of those seasons was an all-SEC schedule. So that was, I'm not saying two wins was expected, but let's not compare four wins with three, basically, FCS schools. and, and uh, If we had this, that schedule D2 this year, school. we were probably one to nine. Yeah, maybe, yeah. If we can beat Vandy. And then the yeah, year exactly. before that, one of our out-of-conference opponents was... We had UNC and App State. Like, let's not come a UNC team that we were supposed schedules. to beat the brakes off of. And that UNC let's not team forget ended that up, ended up ranking being ranked in the top ten. Correct. Okay, we also beat UNC five years ago. A UNC team that went on and didn't lose again until Clemson in the ACC championship game, and we went three and nine. You can't say these kind of things or like you know whatever. But we were supposed to beat that UNC team. And we see now that UNC teams, like we were supposed to open against Coastal Carolina last year before the schedule got changed. All I'm saying is let's not compare the schedules because I think it's absolutely a huge fallacy to do so. Because the four wins we've earned this year have nothing to do with the. I think it's comparable to a four-win season, right? That two and two and eight, if you if you take two SEC games out and add the, I guess the FCS games, especially considering. We've already beat the one team. Granted, it wasn't the same kind of win, but we've already beat the one team that we've played so far that we also beat last year. We have the other one coming up. We weren't expected to win that game last year either. Who knows what we can do this year? And we still, I mean, like we said, we can beat Missouri. We didn't beat Missouri last year. If we beat Missouri this year, especially on the road, which I think is very plausible, that's an improvement. If I mean, Florida is up and down if if things just happen to work out we can beat florida and there's still a shot in the dark to beat clemson i mean yes we have teams like yeah it is all is but i mean that isn't that what everything is start we're looking forward that's all any of it is i mean you can't sit there and say i mean you said well we're gonna we're gonna lose out that's an if and then you're kind of acting my ifs but that's not what we were ta- talking about. Then. Right now we're talking about how would you grade the season in the Beamer era so far? And that I said it, B minus. And you I'm, can grade that. You guys can seriously rate that a B minus, despite literally not having an offense from mid December. What, what, you asked me to grade. You asked me to grade the Beamer era so far. So that is from mid December until today. That's a B minus. The offense is an that F, is but, wild. but what 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 it's outside not, of the offense is, is worse than you expected? What I'll, outside of the offense is worse than you expected that you could that you you we can all agree the offense is an F. It's it's awful. Absolutely. Head, head coaching. Everything else. Head coaching, head coaching decisions, is worse than yeah. O line. I said offense. So the offense <laughs> as a whole. So half of your football team. A third. The so offense, that, I guess of the three the offense in eight games that we've seen in this era. So half that's of your such a team. small part. So of that what should you're lower. That should lower your rating. Team. That should lower your rating from just from the offense to a C. If you're also that's can I, can we talk about some of the opinions? But but the thing I is, have, the I have I have some, have been above some average. here. The recruiting class is ranked 21 with still our best potential prospect out there. That is above average for a first who's, year team, who's especially. That? Antonio Williams. Yes, 
Now, outside of that also, you kept going back with the defense, and I get that you're the Debbie Downer side. It's hard for us to defend the offense. But for y'all to say that the defense is giving up 40 points a game, that's that's absurd considering that they've scored, what, four touchdowns this year? They're leading the nation in turnovers. The offense has done nothing. You're basically judging it on the first quarter, which you can call the defense. It was bad in the first quarter of the Tennessee game. Outside of that, the rest of the season, the only fault our defense has had is we give up too many yards on the ground because one of our linebackers, who's probably our best linebacker, is out for the season. And the guys we have behind them, we just don't have huge depth at that. We at that also, position. they're on our the defense field has been the entire game. Out of outside of that. Yeah, they're on the like, field the entire what, game. They're screwed. If you were on, if every team had to play defense like our team does, they'd also end up giving up these lopsided scores. Call and me crazy. It's incredible what they've done, honestly, given all of the factors playing against them. Call me crazy, but A and M did not look fantastic at the gate in that. Their quarterback game. threw for 180 yards. If if our offense had a some semblance of a pulse. That game goes completely differently. I'm not saying we win that game, but we're much more competitive in that game. And that game is probably generally close in, in, in the grand scheme of things. It's not some massive, embarrassing blowout. We're not gonna, If we have a pulse that doesn't get 15 yards in three quarters, that is a competitive football game. And you can call me crazy, whatever you want, but that is that, that is how I saw it. And so when everything else, the offense, yes, is an F. But when you look at what you expected out of the defense, and sure, even out of special teams, you said that there's nobody good on special teams outside of Juju. That's completely not Whoa, true. Well, that's not Kai Kroger. Don't Kai, yeah, it is exactly what you said. No, you can, you, check the tape. I, I, check I was the talking tape. about Pete Lembo. I said that there's nothing that's spectacular that's happened. That's like I blame more. I put the like praise more on on uh, Juju McDowell for how well the special teams was doing, especially on kickoffs. Listen, re- re- regardless. Kai Kroger's had a 70-yard punt in the last, each of the last two games, and that's just what I remember from the stats. He, I mean, we've had, we've had we didn't have hardly any punt blocks in the most champ era. Yes. Yeah, these were against yeah, terrible punt. teams. Like, it doesn't matter. Couched. We didn't do that against terrible teams in the must champ era. Okay, but and, why can't we do this against teams with the pulse? Look at, our, look at all these things against teams with the pulse. And look at the defense, the offense. At the end of the day, the also, Parker White has missed, what, one kick all year, knock on wood? Yeah, Parker He's gotten fantastic. progressively better every single year, but this has been his best season on record coming off of a very inconsistent year last year. Special teams has been a plus. Defense has been a plus. Offense has been abysmal. But when you t- put in every single thing that's happened to this team and this program since last December, since Beamer officially took over, it's been, an, it's been a B-. minus. That's absurd. Y'all, just ha- y- y'all, are, y'all are very much in the now, and that's fair. That is very fair, but you're not looking at the total picture. I think saying that this is a D is completely absurd. It's and that's it's fair. borderline it's probably stupid. Harsh. Ignorant. It's ignorant. No, no, no. It's B really what minus it is. is borderline stupid. No, no, because it's you're not looking at everything ridiculous. else. You you you're you're completely changing everything that you said up until September fourth. You're throwing I just don't all see of that how out the window. You can see because the product on the field and, and think hype that that's... doesn't matter. Because Clayton, it's all about in, the product. And, oh, look, and, look, tell me. So, but the product in my field, view, outside of the offense, if, if Shane Beamer met expectations, that's a C. Okay, you're telling me he is above what your expectation was for him. His special teams and his defense has exceeded expectations so far this season. 
so far this season. Yes, they have. If you told so we're me, good at the if thing you he's told me in July, no, we are not. Because if you Special told me in July, thing he's supposed to be good at, and so then we're we're okay. If defense, you told and then we're me, way worse at If offense. you told me in July that somebody on our team is leading the nation in interceptions, I would slap you. I would slap you because that'd be stupid to say. <laughs> That's fair. I'll give you that one. And here yeah, we are. Yeah, he's fucking Jamarcus King where he'll get interceptions, but... Oh, come on. You can't insult episode. him like that. That's, That's not even the same thing. You cannot do that. It's That's true, ridiculous. Though, not, not great at coverage overall and tackling. Jamarcus him. King was terrible. But we never... But <laughs> we Jamarcus King leads the team in tackles. He's the only guy that can tackle in the secondary. But, but Devin, we never expected these guys to be those guys. Yeah, and Tyler, I'm agreeing that those are bright spots. I'm agreeing with you. I'm ecstatic about those guys. But as a whole, you cannot say the defense has been amazing. Like I'm not saying they're amazing. I'm saying they are, they are better than expected. Yes. Yes, but is that and that's all we can ask for? You can't expect slightly better than expectations in defense, and we're a lot worse in expectations in offense. I wouldn't even say we're slightly better. I mean, I think the only reason I I think we are much better than expected on defense. It's just the biggest problem is they're on the field the entire time because of the woes of the offense. If you had a competent offense at the end of last year, oh man, oh my god. That was bad. That was also like what Tyler was saying because of the offense. But as a defense, it doesn't matter how bad the offense is. Technically, on paper, it's how you. It's what the stats. What's what the stat line says. Yeah, but if you're watching the game with your eyeballs, you know that it's not that bad. The you know it's not that atrocious. bad. Yeah, but they still are getting defense. turnovers, oh, okay. and they, and they're able to cover it up in and, and, and in really, time. We really can't stop the run despite having an O line or D line full Listen, of five stars. I'm not saying I'm not saying that we are the best defense in the country. But what I'm saying is my expectations of this defense has been vastly, not vastly, but it has been greatly exceeded. And I think realistically that is the case for everybody. You just want to look at the amount of points they're giving up, even though that's a lot in, in, in great manner. Being that can, okay. that can go back on the offense's and inability can, we, to score points. And we can points. agree that. And we can agree with that about the defense. They have been better than we thought they were going to be. But that's marginal compared to how much worse the offense is than we thought it was going to be. I don't, I don't know if it's marginal. It is completely marginal. Did you expect the offense to at least be able to score 20 points a game? I think that's asking the bare minimum. Sure. And they haven't been able to do that. It was 16 until Vandy. I mean, after A&M, it might have gone back down to 16. That's when we held, We held 6-1 Kentucky 16 points. That's yeah, and that was with four yeah, no, known powerhouse Kentucky. Because their defense is good, not because of their offense. Uh. But we sit there and we say, oh, that's because they forced three turnovers. And then we're like, well, this is a defense that turns makes turnovers. Like you're 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 taking away from the defense because of something that they do that they are characterized to do. They create turnovers. And then you're like, well, we only gave up 16 points because they create turnovers. That's what they're freaking supposed to do. Uh, how many of those turnovers did we create against Kentucky? <clears throat> One. What are you talking about? Two of the We got the interception. Unforced. So you still get on the ball. You take advantage of the situation. A lot, a lot of defense fumbles can't are, do that. are what we did against AM where we threw the ball over our quarterback's head. Uh, <laughs> against yeah. Kentucky, we got a huge pick. We forced a couple fumbles on big hits. Like I, I don't know where that's coming from. Yeah, it's ignorance on the other side. That's what it is. All right.
You said B minus. I don't want to You said D. D for dumbass. That's what you are. You <laughs> <laughs> said B for bitch. So uh, we, we've we, we've got the grades in. We've got the grades in. Uh, well said from both sides. I can I can feel your passion flowing through. Uh, we'll let the listeners and the followers decide who is the real winner of the debate. Uh, I'm not really going to give a grade because uh, <laughs> some of y'all will beat me up if I choose otherwise. Well, you so. have to be an unbiased moderator. Josh, they can't beat you up. Look at them. I, I can. And Matt is literally <laughs> six feet away from me. <laughs> Looks like we won, boys. Sounds like we won. Why is he worried about beating him up? <laughs> I think, I think uh, I'll try to try to kind of go in the middle here and just say from, from both aspects, I think this bye week is very important. Um, going 4-8, I think is immeasurably a disappointment despite the fact that the national media wanted it to be like that. There's a reason we looked at it and thought we could go five and seven or six and six. The next four weeks, we have a chance if we make some, some adjustments to come out and play some good games. I think even if we get blown out the next three games and then we beat Clemson, I think we'd all be, I'll be like Beamer, I'd A, take a plus. I'd, yeah. I'd take Hell, it. No, he could have gone, he can go <laughs> 0 for 11, beat Clemson, and I'd be saying A plus, baby. I mean, <laughs> no, even this Clemson no. team, I just not shows how dumb you are. That is a bit of sarcasm. I would like to have more wins than just a Clemson game, but I mean, a Clemson game heals a lot, a Clemson win heals a lot of wounds. It would. It sure does. Uh, any, uh, any final remarks from y'all, uh, Devin or Clayton? Anything you want to add? Maybe yeah, not so I have negative. one closing statement that I think will completely just win this debate. <coughs> Marcus Satterfield. All right. You you, <laughs> you said win and Marcus Satterfield in the same sentence. Nah. So boom, checkmate. <laughs> All right, Tyler, you wanna do you wanna get us out of here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm good. I don't really have a closing statement um, necessarily, other than we win. Uh, Matt, do you have anything? Uh, not really. I, I thought it was a fun little bi-week topic. Uh, check out our previous episode. Big Game Boomer came on, talked uh, a lot of big big picture stuff uh, with South Carolina SEC and everything. It was a, a lot of fun. And Otherwise, we're, we're all just kind of hoping that some big things happen prior to this night game coming next week against Florida. It's payback game from the, uh, the hold call. First oh, time God. they've been back in Williams. Oh, yeah. Payback for them. Yeah. All right. Well, y'all have a good one. We'll see y'all next week. Go Cox.